When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's Thursday, everybody. It's time for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Our buddy Clay giving us the updates from Italy, having a great time on vacation with the family. He'll be back with us next week, so you're rocking out with me today, tomorrow, solo. And we have oh so much to discuss. I'm excited about it. Um, some of it not particularly good news, but it's news. It's stuff you need to know. And then there's a whole lot of politics, national security analysis that we will be getting into. Some wokeness. Much, much to discuss here. All right, let's start with uh, where we're heading. First Republic bank shares plunged 35% today as uh, Goldman Sachs, the massive investment bank, perhaps the most powerful investment bank in the world, says a recession warning should be flashing for everybody right now. Yeah, not a shock. Um, that was something that I wanted to just bring to your attention because the banks, you got yelling, you got people going out there saying, just don't panic. You got to keep your composure. And I don't know how many of these banks got on the wrong side of the interest rate issue and got into either mortgages, uh, that were, that they bought as investments or even treasury bonds. We'll be looking at that, my friends. You also have Ron DeSantis announcing that we uh, in the state of Florida are going to be enacting constitutional carry points on the board, my friends. This is really what you're going to see playing out in this Republican primary. Ron DeSantis, assuming he runs, and we are all assuming at this point that he's going to run, is going to be the, I get stuff done that I say I'm going to get done, and it benefits you, candidate. You can evaluate that as you will, but he's making a pretty strong case for it down here in the state of Florida. That's for sure. uh, Montana's lieutenant governor 
on sex changes for minors said, well, basically, when the kids tell you what they want, you have to listen to them to be a good parent. You'll hear that soundbite a little bit later. I am not yet a parent, but I do think it's pretty clear from all the good parents that I know that doing whatever your kid says is not a good idea. And affirming whatever they tell you is actually not how you uh, parent well. Biden, by the way, is demanding that TikTok be sold or will be banned. So that is, I'm sorry, did I say Montana? I meant Minnesota. Whoops. The lieutenant governor of Minnesota. Right. There we go. And also, we have a uh, Sonny Hostin here telling us that she hasn't been to a grocery store in three years because of COVID. <laughs> Oh, and a guy on a plane, a wealthy fellow on a plane, a tech tycoon, offered a woman $100,000, $100,000 to just take her mask off for the duration of the flight. This has gone viral. Not all heroes wear capes. They certainly don't wear masks. Uh, this guy is is pretty funny. We'll talk about that in, in just a little bit. I, I wanted to start, though, with an update on the drone uh, situation from, from yesterday. It, it is remarkable how quickly... First, first, let me tell you what the news is of this, and then we can get into a bit more of the... Why does this matter? Where is this taking all of us? So you had the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, all, while we were on air yesterday, and I brought you a little bit of the commentary that or the statement that he made, um, and also Chairman Milley talking about what happened with this drone. It turns out our our pilot caller yesterday, we had a fighter pilot call in and say, you know, you probably could, a drone is quite fragile, and you probably could clip it with a, a Russian Sukhoi fighter aircraft and bring it down. It looks like that is, as of now at least, what happened. There's actually video of it. It's pretty remarkable. It makes sense, though, right? There's a drone. Um, so the drone has surveillance cameras on the whole point of the drone is to see stuff and pick up measurements, right? It's a surveillance drone. Um, so there's video and the plane basically looks like it slams right into or near enough the drone that it brought it down. So, uh, that's, that's the update on it. It was interesting though, because yesterday you had, um, you had joint chiefs chairman, Mark Milley, when he was asked, about whether this downing of the drone was an act of war, he did not want to give any definitive statement on it. Play clip eight. I can tell you with certainty, though, that we have absolute evidence of, of the contact, the intercepts, et cetera, and it's very aggressive. Uh, you, you've heard about the dumping of the fuel and everything else. We have video evidence of all that. So um, there's, there's no question that that part of it's intentional. As far as an act of war goes, I'm not going to... I'm not going to go there. Incidents happen, and uh, clearly uh, we do not uh, seek armed conflict with uh, with Russia, and I believe that uh, at this point we should investigate this incident uh, and move on from there. I thought that was interesting. He says he's not going to go there, and then he kind of goes there. Right? It's like, I'm not going to get into this. Um, look, we, we are in a situation where the... I want to I want to step back from just this moment to remind everybody how we got here in the first place. 2016, the entire Democrat apparatus is completely convinced that Hillary Clinton has about a 100 percent chance of becoming the next president of the United States. As we know, that did not happen. 
And they came up with this crazy, and it really was crazy, story about Trump working with Russia and, you know, the Russians, maybe they hacked voting machines or the Russians, uh, you know, engaged in some disinformation campaign. They spent some money on Facebook. There were some bots, whatever, that Russia helped Trump steal the election. And so then it became mandatory for Democrats who wanted to be in good standing to view all things Russia as the most monstrous and horrible of, of any country in the world. You know, if, if you had asked a Democrat who had voted for Hillary Clinton, who was you know going on MSNBC or whatever, first of all, they clearly thought it was a bigger threat than China, which is which is crazy. But if you had even said, you know, who, who's a bigger threat to international stability, Russia or North Korea? It would have been Russia. Right. So they created a, a mass hysteria within the Democrat Party about Russia. And that has dramatically um impacted the relationship and the perception of the relationship that certainly Democrats and a lot of Republicans have about the U.S. and Russia and pushed it in a in an irrationally negative direction. And so we no longer have the kind of relationship with Russia where, yeah, of course, Putin's a thug. All this stuff is true. A lot. She is a she meaning Xi Jinping is is a thug. I mean, a lot of a lot of these governments that we have to do. What do we think of the Saudi regime? Not exactly democratically elected, is it? Right. There are plenty of authoritarians we have to do business with that we have to work with. And we do so because it is ultimately in the interests of the American people, because that is what we care about. I don't know. You could even say it is an America first perspective. Isn't it fascinating that Donald Trump was able to turn around the phrase America first was a was a pejorative. You know, it was America first. You take it all the way back and people will talk about Charles Lindbergh. And, but, but even to use the phrase America first, oh, isolationist and, and worse than that, isolationist and worse. But hold on. That's the most succinct way to put the mentality that we should have in this country when we're looking at American foreign policy and interests, which is what is to the benefit of the American people. That's step one. Sure, there are other considerations. We want to be, you know, a kind and just and, and good people and good stewards of the environment and good um, neighbors to the rest of the world. All that, yes, of course, but priority number one. But what's fascinating is that Democrats, in part because of the Russia collusion delusion and their irrational hatred of Russia, they, they no longer can see the ups and downs of this. It's just... Russia is the bad guy. We have to do anything we can to crush Putin and the Kremlin. And that is our first priority. And when you sit, you sit there, you say, well, hold on a second. How did we get to that point? I keep talking to conservatives about this issue, including a lot of veterans. And one thing that we, we all seem to agree on is of the Ukrainian people, they were invaded. It's wrong. What Russia's done is awful. We're rooting for Ukraine to be able to, to fight. But we also want to at least be able to have a conversation about, one, how much of this is supposed to be U.S. funded and backed. Hey, we might be heading into a recession, folks. Not just according to me, according to Goldman Sachs and pretty much everybody who's paying attention. And you may be struggling to pay your bills. Biden wants to raise your taxes. We all know this. Oh, it'll just be for the fat cats. When has that ever been true? It's never true. 
Biden wants to make it so that you have less money to spend because he knows how to spend your money better. And that includes spending $100 billion a year on the war in Ukraine. You might start to think, hold on a second. Is that really in the primary interest? Well, what, what matters more to the American people? That you can pay your rent or that we are sending enough Javelin missiles to Ukraine? I think that's a fair conversation. Have people say, oh, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. $100 billion is a lot of money, actually. $100 billion matters, even in U.S. budgetary terms. A year, keep in mind. There is no chance of this conflict ending anytime soon. The people who keep saying Russia is almost defeated have said it every three months, maybe every two months since the beginning of this war, basically, ever since Russia didn't take Kiev, or Kiev, as we're now all supposed to call it. So they've been wrong over and over again. Russia is not about to be exhausted or defeated. That is a fantasy. So can we have a a forthright and honest discussion about what are really the interests that we have and how far are we willing to go? Well, the answer is no. They want to, just like we saw with COVID and so many other things, they want to silence you. They want to shut you down. You're a Russian stooge. You're a Russian stooge if you question the extent that American tax dollars should go to fund a war thousands of miles away. And when they when they are asked how this is in the American interest, you have uh, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, saying something that's very similar to what we've heard from others, Biden, Kamala Harris. It's this very vague stuff that sounds like what you'd hear from somebody in a high school model UN conference about the international rules-based order. Play seven. In terms of the importance of, uh, of Ukraine, first of all, we've seen bipartisan support for providing security assistance to Ukraine throughout up to this point. I expect that we'll continue to see that going forward. We've heard some senior leaders on both sides of the fence uh, say that. This is about the rules-based international order. It's about uh, one country's ability to, uh, to wake up one day and change the borders of its neighbor and annex uh, its neighbor's sovereign territory. And as we've seen, countries around the world don't think that's a good idea. This is about the rules-based international order. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So what, when, when he says that that's the justification, first of all, the fact that it has bipartisan support, that's not an answer, and I don't care. When we're asking a question, when someone's saying, why, why is this a, a, every time I ask, or I hear someone try to answer the, why is this a key U.S. national security interest? The response is not compelling. They say, oh, well, they'll go into NATO countries afterwards. They'll invade Poland afterwards. That is crazy. Look at the trouble they're having just with U.S. financial and materiel backing in Ukraine. So they're not just going to take on Poland. They're going to take on all of NATO next. That is lunacy. But people say it. People who think they're really smart say it. Oh, yeah, Poland is next. Whew. Okay. But then they say something about the international rules-based order or something that sounds like it comes from a boilerplate U.N. conference. And I sit here and I say, okay, if that's so true, if we should have done all this, why was it that under the Obama administration, under the Obama administration, there was a fear of sending Javelin anti-tank missiles and Dragunov sniper rifles to the Ukrainian military because it would have been considered provocative to Russia and contrary to American interests after Russia had already effectively invaded a part of eastern Ukraine. After 
Russia had taken Crimea. How much worse, I ask you this, how much did it matter to your life that Crimea became a part of the Russian Federation years ago? I think we all know the answer to that. How much did it affect your life, your safety, your financial security, your future, when eastern Ukraine fell under the dominion of the Russian Federation in in all but official name, and the fighting continued on for seven years? The answer is, it didn't matter to you. Ah, but now it's supposed to be all or nothing. You see, no one's rooting for Russia here. No one is blind to the realities of the Russian aggression and the thuggishness of Vladimir Putin. We're trying to look at what, first of all, was the bipartisan consensus on this, even under the Obama administration. Interesting, the Trump administration, it's got real quiet for a while. But anyway, under the Obama administration, you know, seize Crimea and do all this stuff. Okay. And at the end of the Bush administration, by the way, I'm from, you can talk about what happened in uh, South Ossetia and Abkhazia and in Georgia, effectively. Little pieces of that taken off. But now we're supposed to believe this is a key national security issue for us. Instead of saying, because this is what I offer in response, we need a negotiated settlement and Ukraine is going to lose some territory in it. How about that? How many lives could be saved there and how many hundreds of billions of dollars could be saved of the taxpayer if we took that approach? Does it feel good? No. Is it justice? Not really. But saving lives in order to exchange territory, that is basically the history of all warfare and humanity stretching back for quite a long time. Right? You end wars through negotiation and settlement. And often that, ex- that includes an exchange of territory. We can't even talk about that right now. You know the world's in turmoil, that's for sure. The failures in the banking system are teaching people lessons right now about unforeseen consequences. And the federal government looks like, well, what are they going to do? Remember, the lines outside supermarkets just three years ago during COVID, they could start again. Yeah, we had to stand six feet apart. That's stupidity. Put yourself in a position of being self-sufficient and self-reliant now. Don't wait for a crisis to hit. That's why we are recommending stocking up on emergency food. It's just a thing you need to have at home because someday you may may well need it, but you got to have it now. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 bonus gift comes free with each three-month emergency food kit order, so everybody in your family is fully prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and enjoy free shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. 
LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I can't say that I have left my heart in San Francisco. I've only been there uh, a couple of times, I think. Once, twice, twice maybe. Um, It is a beautiful city. It was. Physically, geographically a beautiful city. Um, It has some problems, though. It has some issues. Uh, Right now, you've probably seen uh, the videos and... It is a Democrat enclave. It is really the distillation of lifestyle coastal liberalism in one city, in one place. In some sense, the the, the purest Democrat urban ecosystem you could find of the lifestyle liberal variety. Right. So Nancy Pelosiism reigns supreme uh, supreme in in San Francisco, and we see what's happened. It's gone from being a place where we, many of us think of Full House. Remember the show Full? I grew up watching that show. Um, really enjoyed it. I watched Full House for many years. And, you know, they had this beautiful house, which I think now, well, I don't know what it is now, but at one point that was like a $4 million house <laughs> that they were living in, you know. Danny Tanner and, uh, John Stamos and, uh, Dave Coulier, Coulier, whatever. Um, they were all living in together. Anyway. San Francisco was a very safe city, culturally vibrant, beautiful, a lot of good things about it, right? A lot of great things about it. Um, and not anymore, right? It's unfortunately gone in a direction where people are leaving as fast as they reasonably can. The city of San Francisco now faces a budget deficit of $728 million. 
That's a big budget. You know, San Francisco's not that big as a city. That That's a big problem. And the bigger problem, in a sense, isn't just the deficit, is that there's no sign of this getting better. It relies largely on property taxes to fund services. And you could play this similar scenario out in a lot of Democrat-run cities across the country. Um, but the downtown offices are at about a 30% vacancy. 29% is the, uh, the actual data that I have in front of me here. So almost, a, you know, call it a third of, of the downtown offices empty in San Francisco. So they've got a lot of problems. Uh, they've got a lot of issues right now. And they're still going to keep spending a whole lot of money. And they they don't want to change their redistributive um, mechanisms in place, the lifestyle liberalism slash Marxism that is that is the uh, you know animating ideology of San Francisco. So I give you all of this background because I think it makes this even more fascinating and tells you more about the Democrat mindset in the. Left-wing strongholds. I think San Francisco is, for a city of over a half a million people, I think it is the most Democrat city in the entire country, with the exception, it might be D.C. now, which, think about that. I mean, D.C., our our nation's capital, is, as a city, entirely Democrat-dominated, which is why you see things like the recent crime bill that the city council passed. The city, think about this. They have a increase, a massive increase in carjackings in D.C., which is a form of armed robbery that threatens someone's life or their car. They have car, not, not car theft, carjacking. You know, get, get out of the car or I'm going to stab you or shoot you. That's what a carjacking is. The D.C. City Council is like, we're punishing carjackers too harshly. That's real. That was in their most recent crime bill that even Joe Biden had to go along with the Republicans in blocking. So he's like, you guys are out of your minds. Okay. In San Francisco, I just told you they're approaching a billion-dollar budget hole for this year, and it's going to be, that's their projection. It's going to be worse because why, what business in its right mind, I don't even care what its politics are, is going to move into downtown San Francisco right now? Can you think of one? No, they're all breaking their leases and getting out of there as soon as they possibly can, and that's not going to change. Because it wasn't just about COVID, obviously. It was about all these other factors as well. It is with that backdrop that I tell you that the reparations committee that has been uh, hired by the city of, of San Francisco is now advising a $5 million a person lump sum payment to every eligible black uh, resident of San Francisco, a guaranteed income of $97,000 per year for 250 years, elimination of personal debt and tax burdens and homes for $1. I, I, I am reading that to you, okay? That, that, is, that is the actual reporting here. I don't know what the best part of this is. I mean, $5 million in a lump sum, that's nice. That that helps a lot. 
uh, obviously. Like, I, I would love a $5 million lump sum. Sign me up for that. Uh, the elimination of any personal debt and any need to pay any taxes and a home for a dollar. This is in a city that is facing the biggest budget crisis in my lifetime, certainly. They're spending money to have people tell them that the city residents need to give $5 million to every black resident of the city of San Francisco, who, uh, I'm trying to find the, the there are some, there's some uh, specifications here. Um, you have to be, let me see. By the way, only about 6% of San Francisco's population is black, so it's less than 50,000 residents. They, okay, they have to prove that they migrated to San Francisco between 1940 and 1996, prove residency for at least 13 years, have claimed to have been black on government documents for at least 10 years, and either be a descendant of someone enslaved before 1865, or, this was really interesting too, a direct descendant of someone jailed in the failed war on drugs. So by my 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 understanding here, let's say your family migrated uh, from Africa in like the 1980s, and someone in your you know, and you have a a father um, who went to prison for I don't know drug trafficking of some kind. That means that you would qualify under this uh, under these provisions. So I'm just I'm just here to say, and I want to be very clear on this. I think what San Francisco's reparations committee is uh, is offering up is really racist. Um, it is n- not nearly enough money. Five million dollars a person. It should be five hundred million dollars a person. I, it should be eleven. No. So clearly, we should go bankrupt. Not just not just San Francisco, which is going to head toward bankruptcy if it does anything even approaching this and it already is heading in that direction without any of this um we we should be willing to go bankrupt as a nation in order to do this right i mean isn't that the mentality i I would want to ask the members of this reparations committee and this has been passed by the san francisco board of supervisors by the way they have embraced all of these recommendations so it has gone beyond the committee paid to study reparations to the san francisco board of supervisors and they're the ones who are saying, you know, we're going to have to look at this officially in June in terms of what they adopt. Look, they're obviously not going to do all. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't say obviously, but they're not going to do all of this. But at some level, I do think it is a uh, what what would be called a Mott and Bailey argument. It's make an outrageous, make all these outrageous claims so that then when the council gathers together and they say, you know, we're going to give. We're going to give $200,000 to every black resident. Okay. How about that? There might be this moment of, Oh, well, that's, I mean, it's not $5 million. So that seems reasonable in comparison, right? Us, oh, $200,000 a person. City can't afford that either, but maybe that's somewhat doable. You see how that, you see how that works? This is a classic, um, bad faith argumentation tactic that people use or people, people use it in negotiations too. In negotiations, you'll generally, it's a little different. Um, there's another tactic called anchoring, right? So if I if I'm going to buy a watch from somebody, I can say to them, um, and I've I've you know 
bought and sold watches on the on the fly before. It's an interesting process in New York. Uh, I could say to them, "Hey, that's a really nice, you know, three thousand dollar watch." Well, they want, you know, they want six for it, and I just said it's a nice three thousand dollar watch. I have anchored them. Right, that's the purpose of that. And negotiate. Those of you who are in sales, you uh, you guys and gals know all this backwards and forwards. But modern Bailey argumentation is a little bit different. It's when you take this a, a much more expansive position in order to to actually advance and protect a by comparison reasonable position, right? So this is why I say, oh, we should give five million dollars per black resident in reparations, and the you know ninety what was it ninety something thousand dollars a year for two hundred and fifty years. I, I don't even you know human beings really only live to a hundred, so there, there's a lot of stuff. But the point being, after all that, then the committee can maybe say, all right, so we're just going to do, maybe we'll do a universal basic income for every black resident of, you know, $10,000 a month, right? Ah, wait a second. That sounds so reasonable in comparison. So I wouldn't dismiss all of this as just bluster from the San Francisco Council and, and, and this reparations committee. I think there's the possibility that they do try something here, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to keep pointing out. Five million dollars a resident. That's those are those are low numbers. We need to get those. We need to get those numbers up. I'm, I'm the fifty million. San Francisco. Why don't you take this problem seriously? Fifty million dollars per black resident sounds far more social justice worthy. I think fifty million. It should be the number, right? That's that's the way we should go. It's just as crazy as their number, folks. So what difference does it make? You know what I mean? And and the fact that in in cities where there are real problems, and, and this is the, the honest-to-God part of the, of the whole thing that drives me crazy. There are real things that can be done for all of the residents, the black residents, and all of the residents of San Francisco that would help that, that clean up those streets, keep them safer, enforce the law, make it a place people want to live, make it a place where people can go to good schools. You know, th- There's a lot of stuff that could be done that's real. No, instead... Because, you know, liberalism for so many in this country is their religion replacement. You know, there's no real attachment to God or anything beyond themselves. It's a religion of narcissism and virtue signaling, right? Oh, it's all about me and feeling good about my positions. So for the San Francisco uh, residents and the area residents who have so much money and although, I don't know, SVB Bank, some of them have probably lost some money. uh, This is an opportunity to feel good about themselves without actually doing any good. And this is something you see continuously with Democrats in places like San Francisco and, you know, like Los Angeles, New York City, D.C., Chicago, you name it. They want to do things that make them feel good about themselves that do no actual good and, in fact, will do harm to other people. And they don't care. And they don't care because it is a credo of narcissism and and self-advancement that they uh that they espouse and pretend that it's about other people pretend that it's about historic injustice social injustice uh whatever it is that they're saying today you know the team at my pillow has a new product that may help you sleep better it's the 2.0 version of their first product the original my pillow my pillow 2.0 has the same patented adjustable fill of the original my pillow but now includes exclusive fabric that is made with temperature regulating thread it's perfect for folks that constantly flip their pillow during the night looking for that cool spot. Carrie and I have them on our bed right now, and you should have them on yours too, because guess what? They're offering a buy one, get one free deal. Use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. You have to experience this upgrade 
to understand just how great it is. MyPillow 2.0 is 100% made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter promo code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269. That's 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Some states have taken action to end the practice of transgender surgery for minors, adolescents, teenagers, in some cases even uh, pre-adolescents. Some states, uh, Oklahoma, for example, we had Governor Kevin Stitt on the show to talk about it. Uh, Florida, Tennessee, they're taking actions to say you're you're just not going to do this under the guise of medicine. It is ideology masquerading as medicine. Everybody who sits around and thinks about it and isn't brainwashed knows that. Or, or you can think that all of a sudden there's been a 3,000% rise in transgender kids because that's actually just been reality for all of human history until now. And not that adults have decided because of the emptiness of their own lives and their own susceptibility to brainwashing by the left-wing apparatus in this country that adults are pushing this belief on children because it is fashionable. It is fashionable not just in their minds for the children, but actually for the adults themselves. Oh, look at me. I'm so progressive. By the way, how many, you know, how many like right-wing dads who go to church every Sunday and have calluses on their hands from their job or, or, you know, their, their weekend activities, uh, end up having a, you know, a seven year old that they decide is, you know, not actually a boy, but a girl. And then how many, it's such a coincidence, isn't it? Remember coincidences, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, COVID pops up right next to it. It's a big world. Oh, that's a coincidence. Sure it is. Another coincidence. Blue-haired, nose-ringed, left-wing activist shrieking on TikTok about, you know, how Trump is Hitler and, and how climate change is going to destroy the planet happens to seem to be the profile of parent of child who is actually transgender. How is that? What a coincidence. Hmm. I, I wonder, why is it that the obvious left-wing loon tends to be much more likely to be the parent of a transgender child. That's so, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's certainly much more likely to be the parent of a transgender child who is being pushed toward surgery, puberty blockers, any of the rest of it. But then this brings me to other states. Right? We're seeing this now. States, one thing that COVID showed us was how important your state government actually is, how tyrannical and idiotic it can be, or how sane and rational and, and of course, then prosperous as a result of those decisions it can be. You know, see Florida, Texas, Tennessee, and some others. Uh, but the state of Minnesota, the state of Minnesota now has become, thanks to its Democrat Governor Waltz, a transgender surgery for youth haven. 
or a, a, a sanctuary state for transgender surgeries and puberty blockers. They're keep, they keep calling it gender affirming care. Why don't they call it gender transitioning care? You ever thought about that? That's what it used to be called. Why did they change it? Because they want you to use language that concedes the argument before the argument is even made. They want you to say effectively you're right before you've even gotten into what they're right about. You're affirming the gender with this care. Wait, no, you're changing a gender. Notice even in that simple, that simple lie, that straightforward reality, um, you can see what's really going on here. So Walt signed this executive order. And, and even when I read the, when I read the way the media talks about this, it's always, you know, oh, but these things are gender affirming care, which is generally puberty blockers and hormone therapy. And it's mostly or partially reversible. And like maybe sometimes there's surgery, but you know, like let's not talk about that. I mean, we want to make sure that people do that. Kids, little kids, we, we want to make sure the Democrats want to be certain in Minnesota that a 14-year-old girl, when she enters puberty, can have a double mastectomy. They want to be certain of that. Um, but they also want to downplay the realities of what happens, you know, of, of what the long-term implications of this are. And if you want to get into the mindset here, so Minnesota as a state, you know, I used to, I used to go camping in Minnesota with my dad over the summers, uh, in the uh, boundary waters. So those who are, who are Minnesota folks or maybe some others who've traveled that area, you know, it's beautiful. I always thought people in Minnesota were so nice. Um, and I think that that holds up. And I just don't know how it's been turned into such a left wing blue Democrat loony bin. Uh, but it is, it is. Here you have the uh, lieutenant governor of Minnesota, uh, Peggy Flanagan, who is a uh, who is a Native American, which you'll hear about a lot because that's you know identity politics super important. What is what does she stand for? What are her leadership capabilities? What is she? No, no, no. Let's just first all celebrate. We're told that you have a the first Native American woman at this level of politics in the state of Minnesota, or maybe it's, I think she actually might be the second, but whatever. Um, but she's a community activist. She's very left wing in her thoughts and beliefs. And I want you to hear, especially for the parents out there, what is now these, these are people with a lot of power, governors, lieutenant governors. They're signing legislation that is going to, by the way, this is going to be turned against parents who are not crazy at some point. Because what you're going to have is a doctor. Just wait. Remember that I've said this to you. You will have a case at the national level. It will become a big issue where you have the system, activist, therapist, some, you know, doctor who seems like a loon but has an MD who's like, yeah, we need to do gender transitions for the 14-year-olds. And then a parent who steps in and says, I don't want this for my child. And the system says, if you don't allow this, it's child abuse. To not allow the gender mutilation of your child is child abuse. Just give it time. This will happen. If it hasn't, it might have already happened in the state. I just haven't seen it or can't remember it right now. But that will happen. Here is Lieutenant Governor of Minnesota Flanagan on some parenting advice that I think all the parents in this audience. Oh, boy. Here you go. Uh, Play clip three. Let's be clear. 
This is life-affirming and life-saving health care. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. Oh, there you go. That's what it means to be a good parent. So, and remember, they talk about trans babies. The left, don't let them, don't let them try to pretend that they talk about trans babies. Men can get periods. Men can get pregnant. There are transgender babies. I mean, they've gone all out with all this stuff now. And now the fight is, should we actually allow these, these quack doctors, these, these lunatic medical practitioners to uh, like remove the breasts of a healthy teenage girl because she's decided she's a man before she's 18. I'm not even talking about it. Adults are not even a part of this conversation right now, putting that aside entirely. But for children, oh, they say it's reversible. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Puberty, puberty blocking drugs. Bl- block your, your, your gender transition for a few years with the same drugs in some cases that they actually give to, um, you know, se- uh, sex offenders to sterilize them. It's a sterilizing drug. Block, block someone's puberty and then tell them they're just going to turn it back on. Everything will be fine and normal. That's crazy. It's not true. Um, the long-term effects of this, they, they're lying to you, but the same way they lied about COVID and everything else, they're lying to you about what the data really says. Um, but I thought this was fascinating. So if a child, if your six-year-old comes up to you and says, on one day, um, I'm a stegosaurus, which I'm sure some of you, the parents out there, would say, yeah, my kids have said some weird stuff when they're, you know, five, six years old. I'm a stegosaurus. I identify with triceratops. I feel like I'm a triceratops. You are supposed to say to that, well, I don't know. What would, what would Lieutenant Governor Flanagan want you to say? I assume it would be, no, 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 you're not actually an extinct dinosaur species. That would be, that would be really hard. But if the same child at the same age were to say, I, I'm a, I want to be called a girl's name, and have long hair and dress in princess costumes, and I'm a girl. Oh, it's time to have all their classmates and the school and everybody treat them like a girl. And and forget about the fact that so much of this is drawn by kids being, one, confused, two, impressionable, three, wanting attention. Minnesota, a, a state that is now uh, standing up and saying, come to us if you want gender transition surgery for kids. It's a shame what they've done to that state. All right, my friends, there are a few greater feelings than total exhilaration. A lot of times that comes after a big triumph or an athletic competition. But even without exercise, just feeling great should be an everyday sensation that you have. Our friends at Chalk can help you achieve that in a natural way with their daily supplements. Chalk's name might be new to you. It's spelled with a Q as in C-H-O-Q. They have individual supplements as well as bundles like their male and female vitality stacks. These are formulated with a combination of natural ingredients that give your body what it needs. For men, it replenishes testosterone levels. For women, it supports hormone health and the endocrine system. But both provide the best energy output so you can take on the day these supplements without having to reach for more caffeine or energy drinks. Chalk supplements are lab-tested twice for purity, so you know you're getting the most potent, impactful, all-natural supplements and not some watered-down version. The difference you're going to feel is remarkable. Go online now. Check it out for yourself. Chalk. C-H-O-Q.com. If you want 30% off any chalk subscription for life, please use my name, Buck, in the purchase process as your code. That's B-U-C-K for 30, uh, 35% off for life. As long as you're a subscriber to this daily regimen from chalk, you'll get that 35% discount. 
C-H-O-Q, that's chalk.com. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. We value the heroes from our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. So does an American company whose entire mission is built around serving this deserving group. GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these types of jobs, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's easy and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off duty. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. I know that Ron DeSantis weighed in recently with his foreign policy view of the situation in Ukraine. I thought it was nuanced, sensible, and showed a grasp of all the uh, all the different things to consider. Um, you know, equities in D.C. speak, right? We call everything equities now. Um, but Kamala Harris 
disagrees with the approach of Ron DeSantis. And I think just to remind everybody of of the kinds of people who are in charge, remember, Joe Biden was brought on to the Obama ticket to be the brilliant mind of foreign policy. Let that sink in for a second. True story. Joe Biden was the foreign policy guy in the Biden. Oh, and of course, that mattered, too, because when he was vice president, what was part of his portfolio in the Obama administration? Oh, Ukraine, which is why there's that video of him saying that he demanded the firing of a special prosecutor in Ukraine or else a billion dollar loan guarantee. Yeah, that Joe Biden just coincidentally the same country that was paying his uh, crack addict boa and tighty whitey's clad son um eighty thousand dollars a month right just that is a quick the same way that the wuhan institute of virology being right next to the first place that the covid virus pops up it's a coincidence just like the only country that joe biden seemed so very fixated on at that phase of the obama presidency that was in his portfolio happened to be paying Happened to be uh, paying his son $80,000 a month to do nothing. Okay, right. Coincidence theorists. It's fun, isn't it? But anyway, Joe Biden is the for, was the foreign policy guy. Kamala Harris is now Joe Biden's vice president. I think it is fair to say that Kamala Harris, even if she just stays in this vice presidential role, based on health issues, if Joe Biden were to get into a second term, there's a very real chance that Kamala would be a vice president who would have to take the helm. We all know that's just... You know, that's just the age reality of where Biden is in life. We all know that. Um, You know, maybe he just decides he doesn't have the energy anymore, and he really doesn't. He finally admits what the reality is, steps down, Kamala takes over. Okay, here she is weighing in on DeSantis' Ukraine war thoughts. Play four. So as vice president, I have now met with over 100 world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, and kings. And when you have had the experience of meeting and and understanding the significance, again, of international rules and norms and the importance of the United States of America standing firm and clear about the significance of sovereignty and territorial integrity, the significance of standing firm against any nation that would try to take by force. Oh, it's about sovereignty. That was the part of it that that jumped out to me. We are a country that now has an ongoing invasion of illegal immigration to the tune of millions a year and tens of millions in total inside the country already. And we're being lectured. It is a joke to get into America right now. It is that easy at the southern border. And we just spoke to Stephen Miller about this yesterday, who is just he is a, a like a savant on on border issues. He knows more than than anyone else you can think of at the policy level. And we're, we're, we're talking about a, a wide open border. What could be a more egregious violation of U.S. sovereignty, short of a military invasion than that? But that is not as important as what is the status of the Donbass region? This is what we're... That, the Donbass region, which I honestly would be very curious to see... Let's let's ask this question out loud. Could Kamala Harris, if you gave a blank map of Europe with none of the country names listed, not even could she find the Donbass? Do you think she could find Ukraine? Do you think Joe Biden could? 
I leave that. I leave that to your discretion. Biden, maybe, because that's where a lot of the family loot came from, right? But I think it's a que- an open question. Could he find the Donbass region? Mm, probably not. But I think it's interesting also that Kamala felt the need to do this this preamble of when you're really important and you've met with really important people and you understand all the important rules about the important stuff in the world. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, you're the vice president. You got you got to do better than just tell us you've sat in a lot of meetings. You've got to explain to us the international rules based order. Well, what is that? Well, what does that even really mean? It's like people that say this is a violation of international law. Okay, who's going to enforce it? Well, as we know, the Democrats believe we should. We're the ones that are supposed to, as long as there is no critical U.S. interest involved in a conflict, Democrats get excited about spending U.S. blood and treasure, in this case so far in Ukraine, just treasure, but give it time, we'll see. Anyway, I I thought it was remarkable. Um, And then there's also uh, this from the... Actually, you know what? I'll I'll get to the Sonny Hostin clip, because first off, there's this guy who was on a Delta flight, and and because I've often said this to people, what would it take? What would it take to uh, for the the people who are masking alone in cars, and they exist because I see them still, and there are a lot of people masking up in California, certainly in Los Angeles area, San Francisco. I saw it in L.A. recently. I'm going back to New York uh, soon. Spend some time in in my hometown. I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of people there masked up too including alone and outside, you ask yourself, what would it take for them to stop doing this? Like, what has to happen for them to finally say enough is enough? And you've seen there are some efforts now to normalize through science doing this forever. They're saying, oh, but maybe it also reduces, like, normal flu and colds or something. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Let, let's let's not. But they will. They'll, they'll try something really pathetic. This guy, Steve Kirsch. He is a tech uh, super millionaire. The guy's worth $230 million. Said that he was sitting next to a woman in first class. <laughs> I love this. Who, by, by the way, does anyone again, what bet would you put that you know who this woman who was sitting in first class, who was masking up between bites, what what odds would you give that she's a Democrat? I, I mean, I would, I, I think that, that you couldn't even... Nobody would take the other side of the bet. I don't think there are any odds you could give that she is, that, that you would actually get money to come in against you on this, right? 10 to 1, 100 to 1. She clearly is a Biden voter. And he started the bidding at $100 to get her to take off the mask. This guy's worth $230 million. So for him, 100K is couch cushion money. It doesn't matter. And he got all the way up to $100,000 and she still wouldn't take the mask off. Even though he was explaining to her, you realize that you're taking, and he tweeted about this too, you keep bringing the mask down to eat for, you know, to drink, to eat, you know, for 15 minutes at a time, 20 minutes at a time. What what do you think you're, well, the virus that you think is in the air, which by the way, on planes, you're safer from viruses than you are in almost any other congregate setting, as Fauci would say, but because of the uh, HEPA filtration between bites was so important. That was always the airline policy. It was never ever wear a mask the entire time you're on the plane even that wouldn't work but wear the mask partially in between bites 
at different periods on the flight, if you believe that an aerosolized virus is something that you can't see, that it's just swirling around in the air, this was completely insane. She wouldn't. She wouldn't take him up on hundred. Now, of course, what what are the libs saying? Oh, they didn't think he'd actually pay. Well, you know, she could. I'm sure the guy's probably got a, a couple of grand in cash on him. Probably could have said, "Well, I want you to pull out a Venmo at the end of this. I'll get a witness." I mean, if someone told me, "Pull your first of all, never find a photo of me with a mask on anywhere." You won't. And second of all, you know, I'm not wearing a mask on a plane, obviously. But you know, I, I would say. If someone was going to pay me this kind of money, I would at least get a witness to it and say this was a verbal contract and try to hold them to it. But anyway, it's not worth it to her. It's not worth it. I, I would let someone give me COVID for a hundred grand. I've had it twice. Hundred grand? Yeah. Have a sniffle for three days? I'm not worried about it. I, I would let it rip. But anyway, it's it's pretty amazing that this is where we are. Oh, but Sonny Hostin still won't go to a grocery store because of COVID. She's a millionaire from sitting on a TV set with people who are just constantly making the American people more ignorant with their commentary, and she won't go to a grocery store. Um, She has other people. She cares so much about COVID that she has other people who don't have millions of dollars go do her grocery shopping for her because that's how you show how to stop the virus. You know, send, send the poor people in there to do it for you. You know, that's, that was the whole thing. Okay. We'll, we'll get into this. You've got to hear this. It's coming up here in just a second. Look, I'm going to the range on Sunday and I've got some, some ammo for it, but man, ammo is expensive. So how are you going to keep your skills sharp? So when you go to the gun range, you're getting the most out of every round you fire. Well, the Mantis X system. Mantis X is a firearms training system that has no ammo. It's an all electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X attaches to your weapon like a firearm, uh, your firearm like a weapon light or your firearm like a weapon light. Same thing. It attaches to your phone via the Mantis X app, and then you connect with Bluetooth. Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using the device. I've got mine at home. Once you set up, it's really fun, and you're just getting better. Your trigger pull, you're working on your skill set, you're working on that eye-to-sight connection. This is military-grade technology at a price that's totally affordable for you. It's a must-have for every gun owner. If you want to make sure that your skills stay sharp and you want to make sure you're fully exercising your Second Amendment rights out there at the range, you want to be competent in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.